I think the words will um, um, come up on the screen. So let me, uh, let me read from um, Mark 4, verse 35. It's a familiar passage probably to many of you. And uh, let's um, imagine yourself there. I want to imagine yourself in the boat. That day, when evening came, he, that's Jesus, said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. If you go to the next slide, please. Um, that um, story is maybe very familiar for you. I, I grew up in church, and, and I think I've, um, in that story I've, I've acted it, I've drawn it, I've coloured it in, I've you know, done pretty much everything you can do with that, that story. But I, I want us to think about this account with a question. Which is the greater miracle? Jesus calming the storm or Jesus sleeping in the storm? If you look at the picture on the screen, the, the boat would have been something like that. Not a, not a big vessel. We're not talking a big cabin and, 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 and luxury. We're, we're talking a small boat. And, and you've got fishermen with Jesus who are used to storms. They're used to boats. And they're terrified that the boat is going to be swamped and they're going to drown. And in the midst of this, Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, a soggy cushion, no doubt. How is that possible? Have you thought about that? There's, a, there's another account of a storm. Um, the storm goes on for two weeks. I mean, that would be pretty horrendous. I'm not a great boat person in terms of storms. I get motion sickness and two weeks in a, in a boat, lost at sea, where Paul, um, at the end of Acts, Paul says, we gave up all hope of being saved. Until God strengthens him. And, and that storm isn't calm. In fact, for Paul, it gets worse. He, um, he, he doesn't just get to land. The boat breaks up. It gets, it gets wrecked. But they get to, get to land on, hanging on to bits of the boat that have broken up. And when he gets to the land, you think that would be great. And, and there they, they make a fire. And, and when he's collecting some wood, he gets bitten by a snake. That's a pretty bad day, isn't it, really? <laughs> Which is why this message... All is calm, all is bright, is so important. Somehow I think it's more important to know how to be at peace in a storm than to know how to calm a storm. Because many storms we have no control, on, control over. Things that happen in our lives, the things that are done to us or happen that we, we actually can do nothing about. But to know that there is a God who can help us to know peace in the storm, I want to know about that. And that's what I want to share this morning. 
If you go on to the next slide, they, they, um, I, having grown up in church, I've had this um, picture in my mind that to be a Christian, you've got to be a bit like that, that picture. So that you, you've got to be, you know, you're, you're rooted in Christ. I knew all the words, all the Christianese, and all the language, I could tell you what, what the Bible said and, and all of that. And somehow you just had to stand there and then, push, stuff would happen and you just had to stand there and take it. That, that was the kind of image I had of what it was like to be a Christian. And sometimes I just felt I was just getting bombarded by waves, not just from the front but from behind and the sides and, and just stuff going on when you're growing, when you're growing up. And, and I've come to realise it's, it's well, the most unhelpful picture for me. It's the wrong image. Yes, we should be rooted in Christ, but it's not kind of just stand there and take it. That's not the message of, the scripture, of Scripture. The next slide hopefully will um, find it more helpful in terms of what I mean if we go to that, this image. I love this picture. See, if we can change our thinking. If you think with the disciples, they're, they're, they're going from one side of the lake to another and a storm happens. And most storms don't happen like instantaneously. There's, particularly with the sea, it, it kind of builds. It does build quickly on the Sea of Galilee. But that's kind of building up. And then there comes a point, a tipping point, where, where you think, actually, things are not okay. I, I'm not happy with this storm. I remember the first storm I experienced in Australia when we came over from the UK in 2008. It was a big storm that hit the gap in the Brisbane area. And, and we'd been here a month and a half. And, and I remember sitting on, I was standing on someone's balcony. We ran out for lunch. And, um, and this, this kind of green hue was coming, moving towards us. And they said, oh, this is a storm season. This is really normal. And, and, and there was a point on the balcony where, where, where the, our host said, actually, this isn't normal. <laughs> this is bigger than usual. This is, this is more wild than we've seen for a long time. And there was that tipping point, And it would have happened for the disciples where the storm wasn't just on the outside, but the storm came on the inside. Where well, they got scared, they got afraid, they got anxious and, and, and stressed and they didn't know what to do and, the, and they start fretting and, 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 and that can be a dangerous scenario to be in. When only have you got a storm happening on the outside, you've got people panicking and you don't know what they're going to do. Jesus never let the storm on the inside. In fact, the reverse happened. And I like to think of it like this, that, that Jesus is so peaceful on the inside, he could sleep in the storm. If you like, he said to his disciples, we're going to the other side of the lake and we're going to get there. But he just didn't tell them that, by the way, there's going to be a storm en route. Jesus had other things to do. He wasn't afraid. He was at peace on the inside. So when he, when he got woken up and he stood up, all he did was let the peace on the inside come onto the outside and impact the world around him. Like, Do you know people like that? You know, people who are just great in a crisis, they're just calm. My wife's, a, say, a nurse and a midwife, and she talks of doctors like that where they've got a, a, maybe a baby that's being resuscitated. So you've got moments to save this baby's life. And the, and the doctor comes in and he says, OK, let, tell me what, what's been happening and, and OK, what's, what's been done? All right, can you get this all? And, and they just bring calmness to the room where everyone's flustered and, and that's people you want in a, they're the people you want in a crisis. They're the people you want to have around. So are you a person who's so influenced by storms around you that it affects you and then actually you add to the storm? Or are you someone that knows so much of a peace on the inside that you actually calm 
the storms of life that happen around you. What's it like for you? To bring this message to a, a, a really practical point, um, I want to tell you about something that happened to me uh, just before Christmas. We're talking just a few days before Christmas. I was, um, my son had, is a carpenter, my oldest son, and he was going to help me build a, a deck on the, the back of our house. And my job was to um, help him be his, his um, you know, um, labourer and, and go and get all the materials. So I'd chosen to save a little bit of money that I'd borrowed a, a trailer from a friend of mine to go and pick up two tonnes of um, hardwood timber and five metre lengths. So it was, it was a lot of it. And we, I know I got loaded on the trailer and, and I'm on my way home and it should have been a two-hour round trip. And I'm on my way back and I'm just going up into Baden, if you know that area of Brisbane. There's a hill up there. And I glance into my mirror and I have this sinking feeling. I'm, I'm sure that that timber is further back on the trailer than when I loaded it. It just kind of, and I, you know, I'm, I've got cars all around and I'm thinking, oh, I can't stop here. So I get to the top of the hill. I go over the top of the hill. I think I'll pull over. So I, I know where to stop, get to the lights. I just pull over the lights. I just touch my brakes and the load had moved. And it was a, a physics thing, you know, that, that, that forces and all of that for the teachers around you. So when I braked, the load came forward and, and and right up against the tailgate of my car. So I've now got two tonne of timber. I'm at a junction of five roads, two tonne of timber right against my tailgate, and I can't move. And um, I don't know what would come to your mind in that sort of scenario, but there was a phrase that came to my mind, and it was this. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And, and you know, I felt frustrated. I think, where did that come from? Like... This isn't, this isn't a still holy night. It's the middle of the day, and this isn't calm. I've, um, I've got no tools in my car because I lent my car to a friend the previous day, taking everything out. And I'm thinking, there's no way I can shift this timber, and there's cars all around, and, and I just cannot get that carol out of my head. Five phone calls later, I eventually get someone to come and help me. Um, tow truck drivers, they won't come and shift a load, by the way, so don't try. Anyway, we got, eventually I found someone to come and help. We got the, we got the load shifted and, and uh, I um, eventually got home. It took me five hours to get home. So um, I'm, I'm going home. I'm, I've, I've run out of water. I didn't have my hat because that, that was, I'd taken that out of my car and, and I was so hot. And I'd phoned my wife, told her I was late, and I got home. And what a lovely wife. She got orange juice for me, chocolate brownies, just, just knowing I need a bit of sugar. And, a, and it gave me a, a distant hug because I was a bit sweaty. And, and, um, and she said, oh, look, look, just have a settle down. And she said, you know the jigsaws you ordered months ago? I'd made a photo of our family, uh, photos of our family in a collage as a jigsaw puzzle, as a, a gift for our family a wider family who are overseas. And um, it got delayed, and it arrived that morning. She said, I haven't opened it. I thought, I'd let you open it as an encouragement from you've had a bad day. So um, my daughter's there as well. We open up this package, and we're looking at this collage of the photos, and I'm thinking, oh, look at that. It's great. The pictures are really clear. And, and my daughter says, where's, where's the picture of Joe and Caitlin and their baby Grace? I have five children, by the way. And I'm looking, I think, I know I put it in there. And the right number of pictures. And I look at it again, look at it again, and I've, I've got my eldest daughter and husband in twice, and I'm missing my eldest son. What pops into my head? 
silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. I'm thinking, I don't like that carol anymore. <laughs> anyway, we get through that, and, and, um, and then I think I've got, to, I've got to unload this timber. And um, I, I'd had a plan at the beginning was to, to load it onto some um, old fence posts so I could roll it out the back. It was a good idea, but it was why the load moved in the first place. So anyway, I just thought, at least I can unload it quickly. So um, I had this plan. I thought, right, I've had the jigsaw. I'm going to get this timber unloaded, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. So um, my, my plan was let the tail go down on the trailer, unhook it, wind up the jockey wheel, and the load will just slide out the back. So that's what I did. It, it worked incredibly quickly. <laughs> um, but what I hadn't bargained for, another physics law here, as the timber came out, the trailer went the other way, and so the, what, what I'd been admiring before was just some scratches and a slight crack to my rear lens from this timber before. I'm thinking, at least that's not too bad. I can, I can patch that up. You know, I was a mechanic. I did some body work. But with this timber sliding out and the, the trailer going the other direction, the uh, tow hitch buried itself in my tailgate. And I'm thinking, you know, seriously, all I could think of was silent night, <laughs> holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And I sat, I sat on a little brick wall beside our, our home and I said, okay, God, you've got my attention. What's it with this carol? So I um, unloaded the timber, plank by plank. <laughs> um, I had a lot of time to think during that and, um, and thinking about the story that I shared with you. And my wife said to me later that day, she said, Simon, you know, you've had a pretty bad day today. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah. She said, how come you're so calm? You know, I wanted to say it's because of Jesus and I'm so rooted in him. And I said, actually, it's because of a carol that he kept putting into my head. And I thought, I needed to learn that lesson and I need to be reminded of that. And I share that with you because I don't know what's going on in your world. Storms come in different shapes and sizes. You know, a storm can be um, um, maybe just a, a, a child that takes a lot of your parenting. We got, say, we say we've got five children. Um, one of our children took 80% of our parenting. And uh, maybe you're in one of those kind of storms and it just feels like it goes on and on. You know, Jesus, Jesus offers three real key things. He offers a love, a joy, and a peace. And I've centered on the peace this morning. But what I like about those three things, he offers you a, a love that is beyond knowing. He offers a joy that's inexpressible. And he offers a peace that's beyond, that passes all understanding. Now, how do you get your head around that? I know it's really difficult, but it's saying that, that somehow, if you remember that, that image, there's a, um, there's a piece available on the inside that's beyond natural realms. And if you seek him, you can find that peace. And he might remind you in different ways. And I did some research on this carol um, because it had come around so many times. And it was written by, a, I kind of thought old carols written by old people. It's kind of just thought that, but 23-year-old wrote Silent Night. And um, there's an image of, of a snow-clad scene. If you can get that up on the screen as I bring this to a close. And the story, the story comes that um, this, 
um, 20-year-old, had a pretty rough time, and he, he was walking back to his father's home, and he looked at a scene, something like this. And it was close to Christmas, and um, he started thinking about the Christmas story. And some words came into his mind, and he used to play guitar, and he went back home and he wrote a poem called Silent Night, the words we have in the carol. But it wasn't until two years later, um, they were preparing for a big service at the church where he was now uh, an assistant pastor. And they were having people come in, and, and they had a flood, and the organ got flooded and broke, and they couldn't get the parts. And it was meant to be a carol service. And, and he's stressed and he's worried and he's, he's thinking, how do I do this? We've got all these people coming and the main feature's not there. And, and he went for a walk and he looked at a scene, something like this, and he remembered two years ago he'd written a, a poem when he thought about the Christmas story. And he went home and he, he rumbled and rummaged through all his stuff and he found, he found the words. And he went round to a local math teacher in the village, a friend of his, also in his 20s, who happened to be the organist as well. And he said, I've got these words. Is there any chance you could write some music for it? We need it tonight. <laughs> but can you write it so we can play it with guitar? Because as you know, we don't have the organ. And that, e that evening when they gathered together in, in this little church, they're still damp from the flood, two, two men stood up with an acoustic guitar and they sang Silent Night. And so as... Um, you hear this carol sung to you. I know it's over Christmas, but you now get the context. I wonder if you just take a moment to reflect on what you've heard from compassion, from what you've heard from the God's word, knowing there's a peace available, thinking about whatever storm you're in, there is a peace that's beyond all understanding that's available for you. So would you let this this carol, this hymn ministered to you as it's sung to us and then we'll sing it together. So let me pray and then we'll listen. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're not only the one who calms storms, you're the one that brings peace, peace from the inside. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here who are in the building and also watching online. Father, you know the storms that are raging for them, whether it's emotional storms and trauma from the past, workplace toxic issues. And Father, I pray for a shift to happen, a peace to come by the power of your spirit that you make available to us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.